What's happening, weirdos? It's the return of my dear friend, Lara Bites. Lara is incredible. We love to gab. We love to dish. We love to laugh. We even before the pandemic, we were touring together. So she's one of my dearest friends and just a hilarious, hilarious and thoughtful and insightful and embodied and present person. So I had a lazy day and I was like, why not have Lara over and talk? And I'm so glad I did because we had a great chat and you're about to hear it now. Check out Laura in every and any way that you can. I promise you she is going to be a very, very big comedian, and I'm proud to know her. This uh, episode is brought to us by our Pete's Picks. If you like this show and you want to support this always free podcast, get yourself a Pete's Pick. We have some incredible ones. The first one is UE Fits. That's Ultimate Ear Ultimate Ears, excuse me, you have two ears. Ultimate Ears. UE Fits are the best fitting and best sounding earbuds, wireless earbuds that I have ever owned. With how much we rely on our devices, it's easy to forget about the hardware (laughs) that we're born with. Not just the hardware we buy, but the ones that you have, like your ear. Same as your fingerprints, there are no two ears exactly the same. That's why, unless you paid thousands for high-end custom-fit equipment, your earbuds probably cause some discomfort or even physical pain. That might be even even true as you're listening to this right now. If you're like me, wearing earbuds for too long sometimes just causes pain. Or they fit wonky and they fall out. You see the guy that wears it upside down? I've been that guy, the upside down guy. No more thanks to UE Fit's true wireless custom fit earbuds from Ultimate Ears. They are here to change that. I mean it. They're custom fit that you put the buds in your ear. They're sort of amorphous when you get them. You put them in your ear. You set up the app. You hit a button. And in 60 seconds, you can watch in the mirror a blue light warms up the the earbuds to harden them into the shape of your ears. This is, this is like magic. It's crazy. I put them in. I pressed a button. I watched the light. They went... You know how when you roll up an earplug, you roll it up and then you put it in your ear and you can kind of hear it go... And fit into your ear? It's sort of like that. It goes... And sucks into the shape of your ear. I should say expands into the shape of your ear. Usually to get that before you'd have to spend thousands of dollars and schedule a frustrating time-consuming procedure if you wanted premium sound in a custom molded fit but now you can get earbuds that are precisely fitted to your ears in 60 seconds and for a fraction of the price if you try them and you don't love them as much as i do no worries they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee plus you get free shipping free returns and a one-year warranty ue fits give you the world's most comfortable earbuds a perfect fit in 60 seconds ue fits will stay put when you're on the go but feel ultra comfortable so you can wear them all day long, like when you're listening to podcasts, without pain or discomfort. Using groundbreaking light form technology, UE Fits mold to the unique contours of your ear. Put them in, connect to the app, and the purple-blue LEDs form to your earbud to your unique shape. Form the earbud to your unique shape. It is incredible, built on industry-leading expertise, trusted by pro musicians and hi-fi enthusiasts for over 25 years. They are the most comfortable, best-sounding earbuds I've ever owned. Press play, pause, and with built-in controls, or even answer calls with the built-in controls, 
They do it all. And it's a great way to show your support of this podcast. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your pair of UE Fits True Wireless Earbuds at ue.com slash fits. And be sure to use promo code WEIRD at checkout for 15% off and to show your support of our show. That's 15% off by going to ue.com slash fits. That's 15% off by going to ue.com slash fits and use promo code WEIRD. We also have our wonderful and steadfast, can I say steadfast? We've been working with them a long time, is me undies my favorite undies and my for real for real personal undies right now i'm just wearing kind of like a gray they come in just plain solids too i'm always talking about the weird pairs that i'm wearing they do have funky and funky fresh even designs that i love to reach for in the morning uh but they also just have plain fancy i guess if you're like dressed up ones which is what i'm wearing now just plain gray so what is something that you wear that you can't see but it can make or break your day. It's your underwear. And you probably have, if you didn't know that, you probably have had not a lot of good days. It's a real game changer. If you have underwear, the first thing you put on that has a print that you like and has a fit that is breathable, that's right and tight in the right places and loose and forgiving in the right places, just a perfect fit undies, that makes a difference in your day. So say bon voyage, that's right, bon voyage to the undies you used to know because comfort starts with me undies. Val and I heard about me undies on another podcast. We used another promo code and we did a top to tails, tails, reboot of our entire underwear drawers. Me drawers. <laughs> me and Val both bought exclusively me undies because I was like, I'm a grown man. Why do I have these ill fitting, bad looking, full with holes underwear? I want to be happy with. My man panties. Can I say man panties? Me undies are designed to be the softest thing you've ever worn. I mean, their signature micromodal fabric literally grows from trees. Sustainably sourced undies? Say less. They offer different cuts for different butts, ranging from XL to 4... Extra small, excuse me, to 4XL. I wear 3XL because I like them a little bigger. So whether you're looking for classic colors like I'm wearing or adventurous prints like I usually wear... MeUndies has you covered, and they have a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping on the best, most comfortable underwear I've ever owned. MeUndies also has a problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with their product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. So, to get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash weird. That's MeUndies.com slash weird. Last but certainly not least for the Pete's Picks is Ritual Multivitamins. I start every morning with Ritual Multivitamin to fill in the gaps that are, uh, of nutrients that I'm not getting from my diet. And what I love about it is it's uh, it pairs well with intermittent fasting, so I'm always taking it on an empty stomach. But because of a delayed release formula, it doesn't break down in my stomach and make me feel sick, as other multivitamins do. It waits to break down until it's in your lower intestine, which is where these nutrients can be absorbed, because that's how Ritual is made. Plus, 
We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why. I don't think that's too much to ask, especially when it comes to something we take every day. And Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. No sugars, no GMOs, no major allergens, no synthetic fillers, and no artificial colorants. Plus, my favorite part, they have a fresh and minty taste that you actually taste, not like in the capsule, but like on the capsule, so you like taking them. And the delayed release uh, capsule design makes taking your vitamins easy, and as I said, makes it pair well with intermittent fasting. I love starting it uh, in the morning. I pop them in. I know it's not going to make me sick. I know it's going to taste fresh. I know it's filling in the gaps that I'm not getting in my diet, especially as a, as a mostly vegan myself. And I feel ready to start my day. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill the gaps in the diet. No shady extras. And Ritual's delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 and B12, which is hard for me to get as a non-meat eater, in just two daily pills. You'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. And they're now available for women, men, and teenagers. Ritual's multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support the different stages of life. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month in incredibly minimal, which I appreciate, and free shipping, always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. I've had to snooze once or twice. Very easy on the incredibly well-designed website. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, no problem. They'll refund your first order. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. So go to ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today and show your support of this podcast. That is ritual.com slash weird and start your ritual today. All right, gang. I hope you enjoy this lovely afternoon I spent with my dear friend, Laura. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're going to hear it. Is that weird to say? Get into it. Laura B. It's Laura. You can close that. Just close it. No, 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 not that. Wow, you went to screen door. I meant the main door for the for the noise. This is Tony. That's Lara. It's Lara. It's not Laura. It's not Laura. Are we allowed to talk about how we did a show and Chris Martin was there? Do you know what we're not allowed to talk about? Uh, well, I know that Greg Fitzsimmons and Ian have both been blabbing about it. Material about it on stage. Okay. So I can't imagine. You can say that you did a show. We can say we're saying it now. Yeah, I think we're just not supposed to. You know. Well, I wouldn't. Don't do it now. Give specific directions to the place. Right. Which is you just want to get on the 101. Oh, my <laughs> I wouldn't. God. I wouldn't. Like, maps to stars homes has never made sense to me. You want to see the hedge that might be Tom Cruise's place? That's a good point. Like, what um, are you supposed to do? Like, it's not really great. No. It's sort of like how they sell nitrous oxide at, like, porn shops. Because they know you're going to inhale nitrous oxide. But it's just sort of like, we have it for whipped cream aficionados. <laughs> Did you know that? No. What I'm saying is they're selling you something. Are we talking about poppers now? 
poppers, wizards. I'm not wizards, done with the addresses. No, I know, no. We're singing back. We're okay. singing, okay. not swinging. We're right. singing back. Did you get a new wedding ring? I'm wearing this ring to remind myself that I hurt this finger oh, and to not okay. extend my hand. Oh, okay. And I, I know, know I'm wearing two rings. I look a little your, Liberace. You're heavier one I'm used to on your no, other No, but hand. you're my friend in that way. Like, yeah. I sometimes forget that I'm wearing this. It's literally if I extend my hand, yeah. I get a sharp pain. So I'm wearing this to kind of remind myself. And sometimes I'll forget to take it off, and I'll have like a casual meeting with somebody, and I'll for- and they won't say, "Why are you wearing another wedding ring?" <laughs> yeah. And I can always count on Bitsy. Yeah, I really do. I know you're the same way. It's like I don't feel good that someone didn't say like, "What's up with the second ring?" I feel bad. I feel like it bears a comment. <laughs> I see. Not, I like it with the rose gold bracelet. I think we should all wear more rings. All of this is to fix my dumb hand. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? Yeah. Well, I have a, I have like a genetic thing on my hand called Dupuytren's contracture, which is called trigger finger. It pulls your finger in slowly over years. Usually women in their 90s get it. <laughs> Not old Petey. <laughs> I cut the line. I cut the line and said, is that... Can I get dibs on that? It's woman in nine, women in 90s and man in early 40s. Yeah, that's right. And I've had it for like five, six years. So even mid-30s, I got it. And then I go and get acupuncture. They hit a nerve. And now I can't move it without uh, getting a sharp, sharp pain. Oh, my gosh. I'm I don't know so if you've sorry. ever... It's okay. It's actually not that bad. I mean, I'm not just saying that in the way. It's not that bad. Good. It just... I get the feeling that if I... Wear this ring to remind me. Take it easy on the hand. I'm really holding out because I got a bowl. I got a bowl for CBS.com. You got a bowl. I got to do fake bowling. Yeah. Have you ever held a real bowling ball? Those things are it's fucking... An outrage. It's an I don't outrage. understand it's like, who came I mean, up with you're, this. You're Wisconsin. Yeah. That's a big thing, The ball right? weighs 100 pounds, three fingers. Yeah. And it's for like... I'm not even teasing. It, it, it's supposed to be this like beer drink. Like not always. I, I understand the real guys are real guys. But like when you go out with your friends, it's like a beer drinking french fry sport. Yeah. Why does this ball weigh 500 pounds? Why does this ball weigh 500 pounds? Can we get it just like a middle way? I know it's fun to throw a big heavy ball, but like halfway? Can we hold it with two hands and roll yeah. it underground the way that God intended? Yeah, between the leggies. Yeah, if That's you also see how I shoot like free that. throws. Yeah. I'm shooting free throws between the leggies. Do Gra- it. Granny style. Do it. JK. I mean, I'm not shooting a lot of free throws myself, so I'm in no position. Uh, also, all the, all the throws are free. Nobody's getting charged for any of these throws. Three pointers, free. Half court, free. Dunks, free. Yeah. We both understand why they're called free. It's because you're not being guarded. So we're not doing specific directions to the place we went. You are funny and a treasure, <laughs> and I'm so happy to you see you. You said we'd come back to it. We are coming back. So at what I'm saying is nitrous is sold at porn shops mm-hmm. in the way that tobacco, Tony, tobacco shops, I don't know why you get those, <laughs> sell bongs. You know how they sell like little weed pipes and they say for tobacco use only? Yeah. You understand? Yeah. What I'm saying is certain places sell things that have like a dark, nefarious even, or illegal even, implication or application. Yes. So as it is with star maps. 99% of people getting the star map are just people from your sweet hometown smelling a little bit like dairy. Right. Wearing comfortable Crocs. There are no uncomfortable Crocs. And they get the maps and they just want to <laughs> drive by where Steven Seagal lives, right? 1%, they're huffing paint, they're buying bongs, they're doing nitrous, and they're jumping the fence at Seagal's. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. That's a dirty business. I can't imagine wanting to be somewhere that I haven't been asked to be. You're a vampire in that way. 
You know that lore of vampires? The, you have to invite them in. That's you. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's the only way you're like a vampire. Yeah, okay. No, I, I met you there. I got you. I, I met you right there. We were there. Yeah. You were invited. Yeah. I was invited to the vet. Yeah. I RSVP'd, yes. I mean, could you imagine me at a place I wasn't invited? Is there a bigger nightmare for you or I me? barely have the confidence to show up to a place I, I was invi- invited. Yep. That's me too. I don't believe it. <laughs> Can I throw this? Let me ask you this. I have a lot of people... I was just talking to um, Andrew Santino. Was it Andrew Santino? No, it was Jay Larson. It was an IRL conversation. I was like, I have a lot of people in my life. This isn't like a pity party. But I'm like, if I didn't text them, I don't think they'll, I think it's over. Like, if I don't stoke the fire, it'll go out. Yeah. That's like, let's say I have 10 friendships. I don't. (laughs) Nine out of 10. I'm like, if I stop stoking, how do you feel? Are you that way or are you – it, it, it relates to what you were saying, meaning you invite me to a party. I'm like, you don't really want me to come to the party. And also, even my friends, sometimes I'm like, if I don't stoke this fire, you'll never text me again. Yeah. First of all, I would never dream of going to a party. And um, <laughs> secondly, I'm so withdrawn that even if someone does text me, I will try to think of the right thing to say until I forget and I'll never speak to them you're the non-stoker yeah but it's because you're bram stroker's dracula but you're not a stoker yeah you're no. a stroker not a... <laughs> that was so dumb <laughs> that was so dumb you'll let things die out because you like it you like a clean slate no i'll let them die out because like someone will say something and i'll try to think of my response I... give me a zamp Give you an Give example. Zamp. Yeah. Give me a zip. Um, okay, I'm your friend Philip. Yeah, especially if it's like, <laughs> if it's something that requires an intimate, vulnerable response. Like that, so it has a, to be a compliment or oh, something. Oh, yeah. okay. Then I'll stop. Or if it's something like, yeah. So I say, hey, Betsy, you you lost a lot of LBs. You got, and not only that, but you actually got in shape. Like sometimes I'll lose weight, but it's just because I'm like not eating as much. But you're actually doing like knee to elbow sort of like upside down crunchies. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like, on, like dog-legged crunches. And I, I did my weekly weigh-in today and I gained weight. And that was upsetting to me. And I need to release that. How I need to can surrender you be that. sure that it wasn't hardcore muscle? It could have been hardcore muscle. It could have been salt. OMG. By the way, people that are like, I lost five pounds. No, you like, didn't. That's not a number. Just shut your mouth. Yeah, it doesn't No, you exist. didn't. No. That's in the flux. You didn't do anything. You didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. And this is, by the way, like all of our dads. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. People who are making zero effort. Yeah. And then they weigh themselves and they're five low. So they quit. And they just go like, I did it. They quit the nothing they were doing. It's the dad brag. Tell me if you relate. The dads that come back from the doctor, and these dads need a lot of help. They're Maybe they're boozing. Maybe they're eating just cow face nine times a day. Or Sounds so great. Pig ass. Yeah. And then, But then they come back and they're like, I'll do my dad's voice. <laughs> yeah. They're just going, it's not really my, a thing my dad does. I'll do my dad's voice. He'll be like, doctor says I'm fine. And they're like proud of it. Yeah. In the same way that they'll weigh themselves and it'll be five low. You or I weigh ourselves, it's five low. And I'm just like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it I'll believe that when I weigh myself the same day at 4 p.m. Yeah. Even if I'm not eating, my body's just kind of, I'm like a blowfish. Yeah. Just like changing. Yeah. I think it sensed a predator and it was like, 
gain five pounds. Like five is nothing. Yeah. And you know this because you just did the real. Yeah. You know what made me feel so much better is like last month I was having an abdominal circumstance and I looked at before and after pictures of thin women who were bloated and they get these big pot bellies. But then you see the before and they're like shredded and thin. And it made me feel so much better because I'm like, wait, they're bloated. And when they're bloated, they look good. No, when they're bloated, they get like a pot belly. I see where you can very much see the difference. And so I'm like, oh, it like isn't in my head. But this also doesn't mean that I'm fat. Sure. You know, like sure. it, I haven't undone my progress. Right. Right. I love your bit. When you talk about being fat and people are like, you can't talk about being fat. And you go, bitch, I've been fat. Yeah. Like, you don't like, even know. Like you were just in the club. I was fat one second ago. Fuck off. I think it's so funny. It should be a lifetime membership. There should be a if card you're fat, and you get it. If you're overweight, see, I'm backing away from the language because I, I do believe all beauty, all, all beauties are beautiful. Yeah. All bodies are beautiful. Fat is just such a short word. I know, and it's a comedy word. And I almost feel like overweight takes it so much more seriously. I feel like fat's a state of mind. Well, overweight's a judgment. Yeah. So is fat, though. Overweight, overweight is so is medical. I know, it is. And fat is hefty. like how I can feel in my clothes. You know what I like? I believe you've heard me say it before. Soft. I'm I, soft. I do like soft. Soft is a compliment. Yeah. Everything that's soft is good. I wish that show that we did for Chris, at Chris, where Chris Martin was there. I don't know what we can say. Chris. We can, I mean, I think that that's fine because yeah. I want to talk about it too. I want to talk yeah. about a hilarious joke that you told and why it was so funny and then why it was so much funnier to me. Oh my God. I can't wait. I was thinking about it today. I was thinking about it the other day. Let's. Well, all I was going to say was <laughs> let's talk about it because I want to talk about that night too. And. Uh, I wish I had done the joke that I have. It's better now. I've worked it out more, which is the bit about I like soft bodies. Yeah. I hate, and you know what it took? It took seeing comics like you. I saw Andrew Santino. Those comics that j- just go up and just say it. Yeah. Say some shit. Like, meaning have a point of view and don't be afraid. Sort of reminded me, like, you don't have to talk at full politeness when right. you're on stage. So I started going on stage and just being like, I know I'm not presenting the full spectrum of my belief i'm just kind of leaning into one side of it and that's what comedy is yeah and i'm just going ripping into skinny people really and muscly people and how you don't feel good you look good but you don't feel good yeah. it's basically the bet okay that's all i wanted to say i wish i had done it that night because there were a lot of personal trainers at this show yeah no i i've like softened the edges on some of my stuff and i have been watching carefully to see if i am making heavy people in the audience laugh yes and I am. That's and I, interesting. And I think the adjustments I've made have been good because it, it hasn't made anything less funny. But I want everyone to be able to enjoy it. And I would hate the idea. I mean, I think that we're in a position where like we're our job is to be of service. Our job is to lighten people's load. And no. if someone. Samwise Gamgee. I, I want people to be happy. What? He says to Frodo, carry the load. He wants to Aww. carry the ring for a while. <laughs> and that's what we do. Yeah. We're on Mount Doom. And yeah. we say to the audience, can I carry the load? Here, laugh at me. Yeah. Laugh at me. Yeah. And it's not it's not about a fear of like being politically incorrect or being canceled or being... I mean, it's not a fear of retaliation 
for me, it, I want people to be happy. Yeah. I want people, to, I want to make people happier. See, you're just <laughs> wanna... singing the song in my heart. Sometimes yeah. I get a little bit lost in the weeds of like, why am I trying to soften the edges of something? And and I, I think because there is so much of it in the air, it's like, I think it's because we can't say anything and we have to be afraid. And I'm like, no, you've always done that. It's like your bit. Bitch, I've been sensitive. Yeah. I, I tried it when we were touring. I was like, I grew up Christian. I'm way ahead of the curve on thinking everything's offensive. Like, you guys yeah. are noobs. You're a bunch of fucking noobs. Yeah. I thought it was offensive to not give glory to God at the end of your – you know what I mean? Like, you, like you guys are offended at some pretty mild stuff compared to the weird stuff I'd right. be offended at or and, some legit stuff. But there's a difference between someone being offensive. And I think that you and I – not all comics, but I think you and I specifically – have taken like a sort of a Hippocratic oath where it's like, first, I will do no harm. Like, yeah. I don't want to cause harm yeah. to people. I love that, Laura. You know? It's right. And that's why you're going. And it's funny, when I do my I like soft body, sometimes I'll see somebody, a man or a woman with a soft body. And usually during the setup, they look very nervous just because I'm like talking about them. Yeah. And then at the end, when they're laughing, I'm like, you almost want to call it out i never would <laughs> but you almost want to be like no like whoever you are man or woman like sweetie like not the way you call a stewardess sweetie i just mean man or woman yeah. sweetheart yeah i'm here i took a hippopotamus oath yeah <laughs> it's from the simpsons i took a hippopotamus oath i'm here to help i yeah. want you to feel better than you did so many comedy shows in milwaukee actually i would leave and i was like i feel really bad you are stepping on quite a few necks of the people in the room. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. What were you saying? Uh, no clue. Well, we were going to talk about the Chris Martin show, but we're. Oh my we're, I love your hip- Hippocratic oath thing. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, no, I think that I mean that's it. Like I, I want people to leave happier than they were when they got there, and, and it, I also think that's what they're paying for. So it's ripping someone off if they right. pay for a ticket to laugh and have a good time. Yep, and then I. They feel like I called them fat or drew right. attention to their body in a negative way. Right. You know, and I guess, then walked out sadder. Like, fuck that. Right. Someone leaving the show sadder. Right. If that happens, you did a bad job. That's so fun and right. Have you ever gone to a show? I went to a show once and I was selected for crowd work. <laughs> I have, but I was like sitting in the front row center. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have. There's yeah. a couple things comedians should do. Like it's like a chef going to a restaurant or a restaurant designer going to a restaurant. You have to. And you when he started talking to me and asking me what I did for work and stuff. And when you see how much it costs, like with the two drinks and all of it costs, it really puts you in perspective. You're like, "We owe it. We owe it to these people." You know, yeah. For all the talk on podcasts of how special comedians are and like what a weird breed we are and how unique we are, uh, here's some. The audience is really special and unique and deserves a good yeah. show. Totally yeah. with you. So, what is an example of a corner that you would soften fat to maybe? Um, yeah. So i I had a line where I was like, "Guys are being way nicer to me," which makes me hate them so much more. And I just post, made sure post, to make them yeah post, post weight loss. And <laughs> and one is like. Men will only hit on women who are 10 times hotter than they are. So now I'm finally getting hit on by guys I never would have fucked when I was fat. That was what I was saying. And yeah. now it's guys I never would have fucked before. Um, and I also added like... 
Oh, that's interesting. How do you like they treated me like shit before? And now they have the audacity to tell me I'm beautiful. I've been beautiful this whole time, bitch. You're oh, ugly as fuck. That's so great. that we are collectively. Oh, that's great. And then it's me. It is mean. No, but no, like, no. I love it. Fuck em. I it's love not it. mean to. And it gets a big laugh and the fat people laugh. And I don't know why I laughed so hard at like such an earnest I, use of the word fat. And the fat people laugh. Some people yeah. are fat and that's okay. And they're you. precious children of God and they're sexy and they're worthy of love. Uh, I mean, couldn't agree more. It, it sounds, I just, uh, that's, that's such a tangent. I love what you said. And when, what we're dealing with is like comedy that's uh, like a seesaw and you're noticing where is the power imbalance. And and Val and both you and Val have been helpful in like just like when you tell a joke who's winning and who's losing mm-hmm. and in that joke you are putting down a group well you're punching down instead of punching up no you're punching up you're punching up I'm punching the guy yeah you're punching the that's what I mean yeah I thought the good one was punching down the bad one is punching down yeah the good one is punching up and yeah. you're taking down like centuries millennia of patriarchy. And just like, hello, I have grain. Some mutant in the 17th century hitting on a beautiful damsel. Yeah. I have grain. He has one tooth. And I'm seeing, and I'm seeing the, I'm seeing large women in my audience nodding along and being like, yes, because they know, they know that thin women get treated better. Yeah. They hate men for it as well. They should. Lara, I just want to relate. Post TV show. People are nicer to you, and it's a very lonely feeling. I know you're making it as a joke, and I don't mean to like make it a bummer. No. But the reason I love that joke is there's something really dirty about the business. Yeah. The whole not show business. I just meant the business of reality. Yeah. You get more classically attractive. I I'm not just saying this. You you've been beautiful. And now you're you decided to make this choice and get fit and be more it's right to my bit. People want Corvettes. Mm-hmm. I don't want a Corvette. I want like the van from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Like the dog <laughs> van. And a lot of people want Corvettes. And pe- and women are supposed to look like Corvettes. Now you look like a Corvette. And now you're getting a lot of the guys that think, I mean, we could unpack that, that think to be successful is to have a woman that looks like a Corvette, just like a Corvette. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. It's like yeah. a status symbol. It's like, look at this. Or maybe they just want someone to hike with them. I don't know. I've never been into Corvettes. Yeah. But anyway, that loneliness deserves a calling out. Yeah. Because it's it's just a shitty feeling when you go like, where we? And you'll see, and you've probably already had that in your career. You'll have it two ways. As you get more and more successful, people will be different to you. And you'll be like, wow. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. It's so bittersweet because it's like, it's nice to have this attention that I've wanted for so long. But it also is guys being like, I love Corvettes. I hate vans. And I'm like, but I'm a van. Yeah. And this sucks. Yeah. You're like one of those pimp my ride vans. Yeah. It's like yeah. a waterbed, a, yeah. round, a round waterbed. I still feel the same on the inside. Right. You know? Right. And I still am the same person. Right. And so it's like, it's painful. Lonely is just the right word to have so many more people offering me connection when I'm just like, man, I was worthy of connection. Right. Before. Right. It's like, why? And I don't is trust this... you. I don't trust any of you. Why is this trick working? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't... It's not even why you did it. And then it starts happening. 
But I also... Or maybe it is why you did it. I, I am doing maybe more totally things that I wasn't... Open the door. It's pretty hot in here. Would you mind, Tone? Do you mind if I call you Tone? <laughs> <laughs> that I wasn't doing before, like... Um, I've been on a few dates with someone and, like, we've been going hiking. And we went on a 12-mile hike, which I wouldn't have been able to do before. And which was really fun. I'm finding I really... I love that. Yeah. And so this is not something... What do you love that, about it? The mood elevating? That's what I, I don't like a good movement. I just for that. like pushing I just like pushing myself. I like being like, Wow, I can't believe I could I can do that. That like, makes sense to me. You've always been competitive with yourself. Yeah. You're like always trying to get your act better. Yeah. You're like really inspirational in that way. Like it's always getting better. Thank you. <laughs> Old Petey's just coasting. <laughs> Old Petey is the star of a new TV show. Well, Old Petey's... Well, let's hope he can bowl on that. My You're hand, like, what my else hand is, is new? You have had your own show so I've many had times. my own show. That's so funny. I, You know what I like about marijuana? <laughs> it helps me get in touch with that, like, what the fuck? Like, I got stoned. Val's out of town. And I have nothing to do except get really stoned. Val's out of town? I yeah. could have sworn I saw her at the gate when I was circling the block. That's an apparition. She checks Someone in on me on the astral plane. Someone was at the gate in a black SUV at your gate standing, looking in. That's good. I swear. That's a good feeling. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, that's neither here Would you say there. keep it crispy? Uh, I have to go check on security issues. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm on. I don't care. It I mean, could have been get, a million things. It could have been a million things. It could have been a million things. Val was there, is what I'm but trying Val to say. But Val was there. She's not at the she town. She came back briefly gate. from Texas just to kind of get in an SUV and look check over it the out. gate. Yeah. I would love to live in a world where there's some sort of bend in time and she was, <laughs> that was her. Yeah. But like, it's because realities were mixing. I forget what we were saying, though. Uh, because I told you someone was trying to break oh, your house. Oh, when you smoke weed, you go like, I can't believe. Like, sometimes I'm so clenched. Like, I, I, I like to think I'm pretty relaxed and happy and silly and loose. Yeah. But there's something in there that's really trying to keep the whole thing going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the nucleus. Yeah. The nucleus of the operation is like a, I'm holding up a clenched fist. Yeah. Like a bad puppet. Like there's no animation to this That's puppet. exactly what it is. It's this, right? Yeah. This yeah. is what you have too. Yeah. And it's tense inside. Yeah. And that tension is good. It, it can protect things. It can motivate. It can make me work. It makes me say yes to things, all this sort of stuff. And when I'm stoned, it just sort of relaxes just a little bit. I'm not saying it's the cure. I'm just saying sometimes it could be also just the green light of a night in where you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is it the weed or is it the fact that like after you smoke weed, you don't feel guilty about just watching showgirls? Yeah. Which is it? We don't know. <laughs> but in that softening, plant-based softening, I'll sometimes go like, what the fuck? Like I'll have that. Whenever I used to meet uh, famous people, uh, I would always want to say, do you ever look in the mirror and just go like, I'm Weird Al? Yeah. And when I'm stoned, I go... I'm Pete Holmes? Yeah. I know that's weird to say. We're not supposed to talk that way. No. But it's gratitude. It's not arrogance. It's like, shit, dude. Yeah. And you have this too. I know I'm right in your lane. You just want to go back to 12-year-old you and go like, keep Look. acting a fool. <laughs> like, it's okay, dude. I love your Hawaiian rayon shirt. Yeah, 100%. 100%. For me, that space is meditation because i start my daily 20 minute meditation with just like with prayers to connect me to my higher power need it and when i do that i always become aware of like holy shit look where i 
am. Yeah. How did I do this? Yeah. Look what I did. Yeah. Look where I get to be. Look how far I made it. Yeah. And um, that's great. I know you and I have talked about like inner child stuff before, and Tony part and I of like a little bit about that. Yeah, part of like the inner child work is like reparent your inner child as the loving parent, and so like part of me being the loving parent to my inner child is instead of celebrating my successes with like my I whatever you know natal parent whatever is the least gross <laughs> thing to call that my uterine parent my uterine mother. <laughs> Without, without, um, instead, like I'm the mom that I celebrate with and, and I, and I do take time to be like, look what you did, Laura, little Laura, look what you did. Look how far you made it. You are always just all, you're a stove and all of the burners are on and I'm just like, I got to get some (laughs) pots in here. (laughs) What I'm saying is you're just so on fire and so right on just to relate. So Judd said three shows. He goes through after the CBS show got picked up. He goes three shows in a row. Holy shit, that's so hard to do. Yeah, and I said to him, "You always say what I wish my dad would say. Not that my dad isn't proud. They're very proud. It sounds like my dad is facing a corner with a whiskey. No, and but we has know. a stick. There, there's just certain um, uh, emotional uh, things that they weren't given that they don't. Therefore, don't give. They don't say things like." Three shows in a row. The, the, the level of attention that that requires to like string together a story right. of like, I've been watching mm-hmm. and like I, like I do for you and like you do for me where I go, you went from this to this and then this and remember that bad relationship and then you turned it into this and now look at that and I know you've always wanted this. Like it takes a certain uh, level of attention to really thread together a great compliment. Yeah. And in that moment, Judd did it. But what did I say? I said, you said what I always want my dad to say. What are you saying? Say that shit to yourself. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing too. That's, and that's what those, whether they're on weed or otherwise, 90% of the time they're otherwise, you can just do it. Yeah. Look at you. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. It's so good. Val is so good at that. Yeah. She's so good. The thing I was saying to Tony is like, it's so important. I can overintellectualize and I can talk about the spiritual good side of suffering and, and how humiliations can be a gift and all these things. That's great. That's good head stuff. But sometimes Val just stops me and says, put your hand on your heart and say, oh, darling, that's such a disappointment. You really wanted that, or whatever it is. Isn't she the best? Yeah. You talk to oh Peter. Ah, uh, the stuff that like I never. Again, everybody did the best they could, but that sort of stuff wasn't really modeled for me. And I went to an incredibly liberal grade school, yeah. and nobody taught me the embodiment of like, where's that disappointment? Yes. What color is it? Mm-hmm. Where is it in your body? Can you let it expand? Can you say yes to it? Can you ask it what it wants? Really basic stuff. I feel like that's everything. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Of of dealing with your uncomfortable feelings. Yeah, I'll do that during my meditation too. I'll just locate the feeling in my mm. body. Like I'll locate like what my inner child is feeling. And it's a physical feeling. Mm. And it's in my body and sometimes it's in my and and I just and sometimes it's excitement and sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's the pain of rejection. Sometimes Mm. it's fear. Mm. But it's amazing how if we let ourselves check in with that, it's right there. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship to food in that vein? And here's what I'm going to preload you with. I've been doing this weird thing where I don't eat for eight hours in between my meals. 
It's boring. It has something to do with my hand, actually. It's kind of your body has more time to heal if it's not digesting. Mm. That's sort of the belief. Uh, so in between breakfast, which I'll have at like 10, and dinner, which I'll have at 7, that's a long time to be conscious and not eating. Yeah. I sort of look down on people that did what I are doing what I did, which was 16-8 intermittent fasting and you're sleeping for most of it yeah. like if you sleep for 12 hours really you just have to like lazily head your way to lunch and you'll have done it you right. know what i mean like if you don't rush yeah. to lunch you you'll it'll be about four hours before you eat and you're good yeah um and now i'm doing like a conscious hard eight and i've noticed and i really want to hear what you think about this in in your experience and what your experience is but when i think i'm hungry so often I'm actually just stressed and I want to soothe myself for some reason or another. Yeah. You know, that's one that's like really annoyingly true for me. I thought you're, oh, I was really not worried because we're friends. You could disagree, but I was worried you're going to be like, that's such a falsity. Like I need no, salt. I need glucose. Like- <laughs> I hate that it's true. And I have been paying attention to that more because I just hate that I haven't kicked the food thing. And it's just the hardest one. It's because you have to eat it three times a day, or, yeah, or in my case, two times. I'm in easy recovery from alcohol. I'm in easy recovery from drugs. Well, that's I what never said. think about cigarettes. People coming back from Vietnam said it was easier to quit heroin than it was to quit cigarettes, but mm-hmm. they don't sell heroin at 7 Eleven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Easy recovery from acting out with men, and the food kicks my ass every single day. It's hard every single day. Mm. Pretty much all day, if I'm wow. being honest. Wow. And my experience with what you just talked about is like, and and lately, recently, and I've been in recovery for compulsive overeating for over a year now, and I'm just starting to see how much it's connected to my feelings because I'll mm. be, I'll be like, I use it to give myself the break that I. I'm not used to giving myself permission to have just because I want a break. Mm. So I'll be working on something in this case, like I'm, I'm working on a packet right now. And as soon as I feel stumped, as soon as I feel up against a wall or like it's not good enough or like the deadline's coming too fast, mm-hmm. is it time for my snack yet? Maybe I should make dinner. Maybe this is an okay time to have dinner. Have you seen and adaptation? Like, uh, yeah, but so long ago. Well, he's working on a script and he goes like, where, open, where should I open? It's voiceover like this. Mm-hmm. I should get a muffin. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Right. And then reward yourself with a muffin. Mm-hmm. Then he goes, banana nut. That's a good muffin. <laughs> it is a good muffin. But we should be able to take a break because we need a break. And we should Mara, always be able to eat because it's time to eat. Yeah. I don't have to work for my food. I am entitled to eating when I'm hungry because I am an organism mm-hmm. on this planet. Mm-hmm. So I get to eat because well, we, it's a metabolic need, not because I finished my fucking sketch. That's right. That's right. It doesn't have to be literally a carrot on a stick. Yeah. But th- what's so funny about that is that feeling that you're describing, that you're giving voice to, is one of my danger zones. Because when I want to eat, it's because it's liberty. You can't tell me not to eat. Mm-hmm. How often do you go like, like there's a cookie situation? <laughs> if it's in public, if it's in like the wild, I have a much looser rule system. My my trouble area is at home. Mm-hmm. Like ordering ice cream to the house mm-hmm. is not okay. But like if I'm out and there's like a little bit of cookie going around, like I kind of want to do that. 
that taken too far is the guy that goes like, it's really, you want to hear the voice of it. It's like, we're going to die. We're going to die. Eat a cookie. Like it's a real sad, scared choice. It's not what it masks itself as by the time it reaches the front of my brain, which is like, it's fun. Cookie is fun. If I really sit with it and unpack it, it's like, um, dad might be drunk. Like it's really stuff like that. Parents might be fighting. The world might end. We're floating in space and you're going to die. Just eat, like do anything you can to, I think that's the, the, the voice of my, all of my addictions is like, do whatever you can. (laughs) Like give it to us Yeah. because who knows? And then the voice of my highest self is like, you don't need, it's like very bitsy. You don't need any of that shit. Yeah. I'm enough. You're not going to starve to death between meals. Well, I had an OA book that was like, no food will make you feel how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, physically, emotionally. No food will make you feel as you want to feel. And that feeling is such a good time to like check in with our inner children. Because that's, that's, what it is. that's the person who's like, I need a cookie. The person with no coping me- mechanisms. That's who right. just knows that cookies feel good mm-hmm. when nothing else does. Right. So instead of looking at it like as a cookie game, is it cookie yes or no, like or a break game, cookie break yes or no, it's an invitation to ask that feeling, have a relationship with the feeling, yeah. say, what do you need? Yeah. It's not cookie. You're saying cookie because you're a child. Right. But like, what do you really need? Right. And is it like more like, this sounds so touchy-feely, but is it more like a hug? Is it just acknowledgement? Like I like Val is again, I wish she was here. She would jump on. But like those feelings, when you give them your attention, it's the it's the unconscious. The unconscious is always doing shit to us, playing these weird old fucked up games that work like to get you to pay attention to it, even if they're like an unconscious desire to be berated yeah, or sh- ashamed. Like you have a weird unconscious desire. Not weird. You have an unconscious desire to be shamed. And until you ask that unconscious desire and spend time with it and go like, what's going on? Can we find a healthy way to like participate with one another that doesn't lead me to date someone who ends up being verbally abusive and shaming me so you can get like a little bit of what you want? You know what I mean? It's like going to Coca-Cola for water. You are getting water, but you're getting all this other shit too. Yeah. Like, can can we get it more directly? Like, I've been trying to have more honest conversations with my subconscious and be like, just talk to me. Right. Just be as weird as you want. And we can figure something out because I don't want you to have me make plans with that friend who I don't really like because you like this weird rush you get when he belittles you or whatever. Like, yeah. Which used to be so many of my friendships. Where you feel a, a feeling of accomplishment if you're able to endure it or survive it. Exactly. Or you love the rush when it's over. Mm, you know what I mean? The feeling of relief. The feeling of relief. Again, no disrespect to my parents, but I'm never funnier than when I used to be flying home from Boston. You could tell by my Twitter feed when I had left my family (laughs) from Boston because mania. Yeah. 20. And not just like talking about, I mean, jokes. Pow, pow, pow. Because I'm just like, you're safe to be you again. You're a grown man and you're a comedian. What did all that make you think? I just talked for too long. Well, I'm going to see my family tomorrow. But before that, I was thinking that sometimes the cookie is to like 
am I needing a break from my own criticism of myself? Am I sitting here being hard on myself, telling myself that my work's not good enough or that I'm not going to do it in time or that or comparing it to someone else's imaginary body of work that only exists in my head as mm-hmm. a thing to make me feel worse about my own work? Mm-hmm. Instead of a cookie, instead of even a break, do I need to just give myself a smaller, bite-sized, pardon the pun, task? Yeah. You know? Or just a green light. It's like smoking. Do you Did you really want a cigarette or did you want to stand in front of your office building for seven minutes? Right. Like, it's really hard to tell. Right. It's really hard to tell. Am I trying to escape my own mind, my own unkind thoughts? Right. Because then and I can change those thoughts and there's the escape. There's That's great. And that's what Medis does for you, meditation? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because you watch your thoughts. And yeah. And you go, what are you doing? Want to hear a haunting? I just heard this. Yeah. Uh, Richie Roy said, not haunting bad. You'll like it. It's a good statistic. He's like, <laughs> um, what? I want to make sure I get the phrasing right. It's like 95% of the thoughts you have today, you also had yesterday. Whoa. <laughs> haunting. Haunting. I, it, it's also based, like Eckhart Tolle says that, I think he says 98% of your thoughts are repetitive and useless, which I think is also really funny. And when you watch your brain, boy, it is a superstitious nightmare up there. There's so many things. It's like, don't think about that. Like, that's a big one with my brain. Don't think about that. My mantra. <laughs> what if I said mantra that <laughs> way? Worst. My mantra is... Uh, <laughs> That's my favorite peak joke is saying something and then being like, what if I did that? I imagine it all the way. I imagined it up to your house today where I was like, I I don't know why I played out this neutral fantasy, you know, (laughs) of me getting here and you being like, why are you here at this time? And then being like, what if I said that? And then laughing and inviting me in. Ah! That's a Pete thing to do. It's so funny. It's so funny. Well, what is it doing? I think that's giving voice to the fact that our brains are often playing out two realities and then only leaning into one of them. You did it at the Chris Martin show and it made me laugh. That was the joke? So hard. No, a joke that you did, you were just like, you did an impression of yourself if you were watching your set, which you just fucking lose people sometimes with this stuff, and you yes. don't lose me. It's so funny. It's what was so, it? When you're riffing with yourself, you were like, oh, he's doing this. I'm just in the room. And then you went off. It was your impression of someone who's just in the room while you were on stage. I'm just in the room. You were just watching. <laughs> I'm just in the room. I said, yeah. You said, I'm just in the room. I'm just in the room. It was your impression of you watching your set. Like, who can fucking keep up with that? I don't know. But you don't know because you're not thinking about that. You're just I'm totally not. in the moment. It's, just it's so fun to oh, watch. Oh, that's really sweet. That's really sweet. I, that was, that's what I, I didn't write it down, but I was like, we have to get back to the Chris Martin show. Yeah. I totally, what what was your mantra? Oh, my mantra is, yes, thank you. So you have this thought, and it's like, don't think about that. And I was like, how about do think about that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How about that's beautiful? It's really powerful. Richard Rohr says uh, every morning he meditates, and the reason he does is to turn his no into a yes. Mm. So I've made my mind just to the day, to reality. Can you forgive this? <laughs> I really mean it. Like, actively forgive it yeah. and be like, yep. I get it. It's a mess. It's a mess. Not just positive thinking like everything's fine, 
but just go like, this is what's happening. I'll have what reality's having. And you just turn it into a yes. So the the thought of, I don't know, Val and I aren't together. So the thought of some tragedy, you don't think about it, you know, or whatever it might be. The, the, these are the types of things, even as I said, I'm like, don't say that. You're just like plagued. Yeah. And you just go, I'm just going to let go. This is what it is being human. This is what it was being human in the 1800s. Don't think of <laughs> Bethany falling off the bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They were doing it. You ever watch uh, Cityscapes, Turn of the Century Cityscapes? It's a great anxiety practice. Huh. I got it from Eckhart Tolle. Go on YouTube, type in uh, 1800 Cityscape, and they'll have, like, somebody will have put up, like, a, a camera on the corner in New York in, like, 1898, and you just watch, and they correct it, and they color it. They correct it for speed, so it's normal. Look at these people. Wow. Just look at them. I would love to. Do it. I will. And go, this guy's worried that his dad thinks he's a failure. And just think how dead he is and how dead his dad is. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing wasting so much time splitting reality into 1,700 realities? Yeah. And and I... I'm sorry. No, you get it. I love looking at like pictures of the cosmos where like... Everything's moving. Everything's a swirl. Everything is the same eyeball that my cat has. Mm. And the tiniest pinprick of a dot that you can see in this picture is is the Milky Way, is everything that we know about. That's right. Is so is everything that's so far beyond our comprehension. I mean, it's the we can't comprehend the vastness of this tiny pinprick. And then within that, is me wanting the car in front of me to go faster. Yep. And it helps me just to be like, do you realize just like the comedic degree to which you have no control over this? That's the joke. That's the cosmic joke. (laughs) And it's not, it's meaningless bad. It's meaningless good. Safe. It's meaningless safe. It's meaningless safe. Yeah. It's meaningless safe and it's like realizing you're dreaming. Yeah. And when you realize you're dreaming... You're what you just woke up to infinite potential, yeah. infinite possibilities. And the great thing, this always comes up, I feel like, when we talk, how you feel right now is how you feel about your life right now. So, like, get it better now. Mm-hmm. You were saying, like, correct a, a negative belief or a negative thought, just like replace it with another one or move it out of the way or acknowledge that it's not true yeah. or zoom out like you just said they say for every or person take on the time planet to say i'm so sorry darling that's right that's really disappointing that's right. spend a fucking second of your life that's why thinking about my unconscious this as this mass this way a thousand times more dense and packed with memory than my conscious mind is my unconscious mind what do you got? You're going to love this. Can't I can't wait. believe I've never vocalized this to you. I try to treat my inner child the way that I saw you and Val treat Lila when she bumped her head one day. Oh, no. She bumped her head and she <laughs> That's cried. all I took was that Lee bumped her head. <laughs> oh, no. You Can I interject? When Lee falls on her butt, I feel pain shoot up my, my spine, mm. like f- starting from my butt. It's not like make believe. Like no. if she bumps or something, it just happens. I just wow. like you feel it in your own body. It's really crazy. Nature's like the Sklar so brothers. One time I punched Jason Sklar and Randy fell down. Nuh uh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no. Okay. Well, so I was like, what a cool trick. That would be so cool. Oh, what a cool comedy if you actually trick. That should be their whole act is Randy. just hurting one and the other one reacting. <laughs> okay. So you base how you treat your inner child on when Leela bonked her head. Yeah, because I never experienced anything like this in my own childhood and I've never seen it before. You both picked her up and she was held between both of you. Mm. You hugged her and you said, yeah, that hurts. That hurt. You hit your head and it hurt. Mm. Like you helped her identify this is pain. Mm -hmm. And there was no stop crying. There was no you're okay. That was the old style. You just were sad with her. You said, we're sad. That hurt and we're sad. And you just took a minute with her. And of course she stopped crying because the pain passed as it always will naturally. It doesn't pass by us shushing it or running away from it or putting a cupcake on it or, you know, it's just done when it's done. Truly lovely. Wow, thank you. I do love that. It is self-serving because I, I look good in the story, but I also just love that it bled into you. It really helped. Because it bled into me. Yeah. I try to give my... It, it goes back to like, give yourself. Yeah. Stop going. They say don't go to the hardware store for milk, right? Don't go to your uh, parents to get a type of love that they're not available for. Right. How about just don't go to the hardware store? Just like, Yeah, what know, do you need from the hardware store? Get out of there. Get out of there. Don't go anywhere for milk. Yeah. Realize your milk. That's that's really what the spiritual journey is. It's like yeah. realize you are milk. Yeah. And whatever you're looking for out there is being generated inside of you. Yeah. In my uh, relationships program, one of the characteristics of or like one of the signs of recovery that they give at the If you guys can hear the sirens, this joke will make more sense. <laughs> I got to go. That they give that's, it the... <laughs> that's what I do at the outdoor shows if there's sirens. I got to go. Laura's drinking. She would have been laughing. She would have loved it. Uh, you should have a podcast out of the sauna, by the way. I mean, hot talk with Pete Holmes. I'm telling you, 30 <laughs> minutes in, if you want to know what I really think of something, ask me after I get out of the sauna. It's a no, it's a no spin zone. It's, it's Bill Maher. I'm a Bill Maher when I get out. Yeah. Because your body's so <gasps> over it over it and then you go like what do you really think and you just go fuck that or i love that like it, the truth will come out so yeah. that would be a great podcast i have no idea what i was saying before the sirens happened we were talking about uh parenting your child you hit your head i said i like that because it's self-serving but don't go to the hardware store for milk you are milk oh yeah yeah one of the signs of um wow good job one of the signs of recovery for my relationships program is like we realized that love which was of god had begun to flow from like from or through us ba- like basically like we're the source of god's love basically yeah. exactly what you just you're said you're the spring yeah there's a spring inside yeah that's the thing yeah there's this great uh ramdas story where they it actually relates to weight uh, loss and gain anyway they had this cat that was fat you can call a cat fat cat's fat and then they put the cat on a diet cat kept getting fat they found out even though they were giving him less and less food, the cat had found where the cat food was under the sink. Hilarious. And he says, that's the spiritual journey. Once you realize where they're hiding the cat food, you don't need to ask for any. You don't have to meow for it. Yeah. Just go under the sink. Just stay fat. And this is every, and just be spiritually spiritually fat. Like I really wish for everyone to be so full. Yeah. Yes. And that's the story of the beggar sitting on the box. And then he realizes the box is full of gold. 
What are these stories? Why would a beggar not check his box? Check the box. What are you doing it's all day? It's like begging? pretty much all you have, dude. What's up? You got a box and you got a tattered You have a rag. heavy box. You're not going to see what's in it. Should we, should we maybe shut the door since it's just been a, a sequence are you hearing of, it? of sirens and helicopters? They're probably not picking up. It's okay? Okay, cool. They're probably not picking up. It's okay. it's LA. Okay. It's LA. Okay. When we come back from Ohio, the first thing you notice is there's always a helicopter. Yeah, it seems like there's a significant crime that has taken place outside because it really has just been the break from sirens was just for there to be a helicopter. Can I just say... Which they don't send out for nothing. What I feel like you and I really see eye to eye on is we're the people that are, when the sirens start, we start an internal stopwatch. (laughs) We don't know we do it. It's not a conscious choice. Other people, not so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they wouldn't be like, what are those sirens? Maybe after a ridiculous amount. But you and I both, even as we're talking, notice yeah, that no, they just stop. I have a story. I, I've written a story. I have a visual of what's going on. Someone's being chased. What, to go back to what we were saying about all these ways to relate to food, what did you do to like, because it, it I'm going to guess, are you good at giving yourself the helicopter? It's another helicopter. I just felt like we needed... We do. I mean, we it, do. W- if we're so close to having been talking about it... That no, it's it was inbounds. It's just <laughs> it siren helicopter, siren helicopter. And when a helicopter is going around the... Could that- we get a closer helicopter, by the way? I, is there a, a way we could get one in the room with us? <laughs> when they hover o- around your street, you're like, yeah. oh, they're hiding nearby. Oh my gosh, I was trying to do Zoom therapy... And there was a helicopter circling, and there was also a cop on a loudspeaker being like, just come out. We're all here. No. You're not going to get away. No. Yeah, 100%. I was like, I can't focus on our work right now, obviously. Val and I went to, where were we, Glendale or something? We went to see a movie, and bef- it was the first movie. We went and saw Cruella. It was really good. <laughs> and there were five helicopters in the air. And we were all just, you can't have five stationary, meaning just hovering. Terrifying. Helicopters in the air. That's how close you are to feeling like the world's going to end. Yeah. Like you just get five whirlybirds up there. Oh, it's so exciting. And we finally just asked somebody, and it was this uh, man in like a flight jacket, like a green military flight jacket. He looked like he had served. And I was like, this guy knows. Yeah. And he did know. And, and there had been a guy on a motorcycle that had been fleeing for like hours and they had been chasing him. They finally found him around there and he got, I think he got away. Oh my gosh. And he stopped for gas. What an asshole. He stopped and got gas. That's how ahead he was. Motorcycles, man. I mean, in fairness, that sounds frivolous, but not if you're running out of gas. And you're fleeing from the police. Oh, I don't think he just wanted to. I don't think like he just had half the, a tank. Feel and, the good feeling was, of a full tank. It was only four oh nine. Yeah, I think he was like, if I don't get He's gas, like, I'm well, going to I'm jail. I'm not going to pass another Arco. What before. if he does hit? It says car wash, and he hits yes. <laughs> <laughs> or receipt? Yeah, I'll take a receipt. Extra hilarious because it's a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> he rides through wet. Why on have his I never seen that? How have we never seen a guy on a motorcycle going through a car wash? Because why would he? Because he's getting wet. You oh, would I'm get the hand wash. I'm saying for a comedy, for a comedy joke. Oh, I see. It's like I something... men in life. I was like, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why we've never seen it. <laughs> no, I exactly mean in, what we just in a said. comedy piece. Yeah. Like it's something Encino Man would have done. Yeah. Car wash? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
what did you do for all these LBs? Like, Eher CCO for sure. But what are you doing? CCO? Eher CCO? What does that mean? Exercise. Exercise. Oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. No, I you heard CCO. CCO. No, as soon as you turned it into letters, we were done. <laughs> Exercise, obviously. But what are you doing when you do want a banana nut muffin? What's I'm, going on, Bits? I'm just not... My watch was too loose. No, not with that. Oh. What's going... <laughs> I just What's don't. What's going on with your food control? I just don't eat it. And usually when I want a food. I just don't eat it. I just don't eat it. Usually when I want. Yeah, I haven't died. Usually when I want something that's not on my meal plan, like something that is not. Which we talk about just being like, that's just not my food. That's someone else's food. That's just not my food. Oh, wow. Um, and if I'm craving a food that's not my food, it's almost always because I'm hungry. Which almost always means it's time for a meal or a snack. So I eat a meal or a snack that is, that is my food. Look and then you. afterwards, I don't want a muffin anymore because I'm not hungry anymore. Do you know I have a bit about that where I go, you know how you have a, a dad that lives in your brain, brain dad? Like, I'll give you an example. I really <laughs> want a Coke. Like, I, nothing but a Coke will do. I want a red can. Yeah. Not a bottle. Yeah. Get that plastic kind of after, aftertaste out of here. I want the cold uh-huh. aluminum. I want the pop. The pop and the sizzle. I want to pour it in a glass. Mm -hmm. I know we're getting complicated, but it's going in a glass. And I want to chug it. Mm -hmm. I want to chug it. I want to do it fast. Then my brain dad will go, okay, Peter, you can have a Coke. But first, I want you to drink a big glass of water. Yeah. And then you go, okay, brain dad. You still think I'll show you. You still think you're going to win at this I'll point. I'll show you how I'll much show I need you. Coke. Yeah. I'm going to have a big glass of water, but that Coke is going to be even better mm-hmm. after I give you what you want. Drink the drink the water. Mm-hmm. Don't want the Coke, and I go fuck you, brain dad. Yeah, we have that voice. So you've I love this. My food, not my food. You've made a brain mom or dad up there that's helping you out. Yeah. Can I throw this at you? Yeah. So last night, as I said. I got very stoned. It was really fun. Val called me. I wasn't planning on it. Something fun about being stony baloney is you kind of feel like you have a secret. And then someone calls you and you're like, I wonder if she'll know. And Val always knows. She said, she said what are you doing? And I said, just sitting on my tuba can. <laughs> I said, I'm sitting on my tuba can. And that was the old, we found Carmen Sandiego. She knew. <laughs> and then we had the loveliest chat where we were laughing so hard. And why did I mention this to you? Eat your food. Oh, okay. Head mom. So I get off the phone and I just know, you know this moment when you know, you're like, wait, I'm home alone. I, ha- I ate healthy and good all day. I ate my food all day. Mm-hmm. And I did the weird eight hours in between. Like, I'm killing it. If I go to bed here, I am a winner. It's eight o'clock. Leah's down. I'm stoned. It's not hunger. It's liberty. It's you have a green light. You could order a pizza, right? And you start way, like you said last time you did the podcast, play out the tape. And you start doing that. And you go like, actually, you're doing it to get yourself a pizza. You're going, so you'll wake up and you'll feel bad for 15 minutes. Who cares? You wake up, you'll feel like shit. You'll feel like shit. Who cares? Who cares? You're going to fart so bad, so bad it'll waft up the top sheet. You felt like shit before. You, you know how to feel like exactly. shit. Exactly. You know how to feel like shit. Yeah. Maybe even you want it. Maybe you, you want it. shit. It'll last for two weeks. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Just do it. But I, you know what I did? 
I've been getting, you know how I was uh, chewing nicotine gum? Yeah. And I was like, I just like being addicted to something. Like, uh-huh. I'm an addict and I'm just like, oh, this seems benign. I'll be addicted to this. <laughs> so I've been getting off of it. For no re- real reason other than, like, I always said, like, nicotine's like caffeine. It's it's kind of, like, in the same family. I was like, I still think that's true. I'm not, like, I don't have to go hard the other direction and be like, it's the devil. But it's never something. I didn't want another thing. Yeah. To quote the Louis C.K. bit, I understand a uh, complicated um, person who's done bad things. And he had a very funny bit about, like, I don't want weed because I don't want another thing. Yeah. Another thing, like, in your pockets. Right. <laughs> go to the park. Do I have it? Do I have that? Oh, good. I got it. I add a lot of things. I got nicotine gum in my pockets now. I got my mask, got my phone, got my wallet, a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I've decided to go off it, and it's been going great. And then last night, it goes, get a pizza. It goes, my brain goes, get a pizza. And then I go, no, if you're going to do something bad, do the nicotine gum. And as soon as I said, do that, it went, okay. It just wanted something. Mm-hmm. It just wanted something taboo and naughty. Naughty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do that. And then when I said you can do that, it didn't really want that. And then I, I, I had a good night, meaning I didn't binge on a pizza. Yeah. But isn't it strange that you could interchange, like, I've heard people that interchange masturbation or something. They want to do something. There's like a, there's a drive to do something not usually on menu. Well, what I thought you were going to say when you said you played out the tape the one way, because then what kind of naturally happens for me is then I'll play out the tape the other way. And Mm. I'm like, or I could also just go to bed and then wake up and it's breakfast time. You just hit on something. And that's that's just a more attractive option. Then I don't have to feel like shit. Right. And now that I'm doing breakfast again, going to bed, going like, you want to eat? Sure. You know what's fucking a noodle cruncher? It's 8 Mm o'clock, you want a pizza. Mm -hmm. You don't get the pizza. You go to bed at 10 o'clock. You wake up. It's now 8 a.m., which means it's been 12 hours since you denied yourself that pizza. Right. Not hungry. What the fuck? I'm hungry. I mean, if you just woke up. Yeah. You wake up hungry? I do. Wow. I wake up and I'm like, I could go three hours without eating. But you and I also have different eating metabolite habits that we're used to i have eaten breakfast every morning Uh, for at least a year so i wake up at 7 or 7 30 and i'm like it's time well then what we can still share in is in the night you weren't hungry right correct (laughs) what i'm saying is it should be excruciating you should wake up starving right if it's an extension of the 8 p.m hungry but it's not and the last time i eat is at like 8 30 i'll have a snack the snacky? Yeah. So what did, what did you do? What's your plant? What's what your did food? I do? Don't say chicken and brown rice. Why not? No, no. I, I watched a funny YouTube video that was like, it, it mentioned Kumail. It's like, these stars all say they eat broccoli and chicken breast. That can't be it. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I know Kumail well enough that I could be like, come on, man. What are you really eating? Like, what are you really eating? It's got to be yeah. some sort of Martian food that we don't have access to. So I just don't eat added sweeteners and i don't eat flour and what i do eat is every meal i eat a protein a fat a grain and a fruit or vegetable what a snooze i mean tell me about it no i know you looked bored telling me that i almost fell asleep i hate it (laughs) i want to eat pizza every single day i mean if i it's a way sexier conversation to talk about what i want to eat yeah 
No, I understand. It is one of those things where we all know, not just with food, we all know what we should do and what I'm interested in. Like, why did I quit nicotine gum? I don't mean that to be the actual subject. I mean, why do we quit anything? Yeah. What happens? Like, what clicked for you that you were like, that's it. Bitsy's getting lean. Like, Um, what happened? That is what, if you could bottle that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Will? It's like decision. What the fuck? I wasn't. There should just be studies. Like, Hit it. So I was like exercising for five hours a day, and I was still obese. I was still technically obese. I wasn't when losing I any you? weight when I quit. So you you knew me, but this was like in quarantine. It all came to a head. It came to a bottom, if you will. Um, I was exercise and eating all day long. I have an eating disorder. I mean, I'm I'm a compulsive eater. And what comes with that is also restricting. Um, and for me... Restricting is like the kink of... Then, then I'll try to starve myself. Yeah. yeah. Exercise bulimia, which is what it is to exercise for I would have that with day. booze. It's like you go really hard and then you like quit for a week. Yeah. You're like just drinking mineral water. It doesn't work. Yeah. So in this support group for overeaters, like you go on a meal plan that you get from a nutritionist and you work with a sponsor. Basically you just like bring other people in to help you with your food, to show you what some is. And like yesterday I ate Chinese food the day before or the day before that I ate Cuban food, but I weigh and measure what I eat unless I'm like out at a restaurant. Um, But what, okay. You were telling me why you made the flip. Cause I was so sick of being, so heavy it hurts but and the flip looked like going to yeah that's that was the yeah flip. but i can't say that but yeah oh i understand yeah we didn't say that yeah we didn't because you don't want to represent that group because if you do something no, weird, I don't. it'll be bad for them correct and there's no one plan like do you want pe- to add that out uh yeah sure i mean it's so small that i don't think anyone will pick up on it who didn't already know what it was so it's not a big deal we'll make a note yeah um and then not edit it out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no one will. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> just kidding. Um, hilarious. We'll just drop the audio on what I said. Yeah. I mean, okay. it was so fast. Um, yeah, people hit me up so and they want to know what it you. like. Yeah. What my specific thing is. But I, I quit eating the foods that I binged on before. So I made lists of what are called like red light, yellow light, and green light foods. Green light foods are things like chicken breast, broccoli, stuff where I'm never going to binge on it unless you cut all other food out of my diet. And then, of course, I could binge on anything. I could. Right. Um, Like your bag of oranges. Because I'm a compulsive eater, like my bag of oranges or my nine bananas. Yes. Although those have sugar, so I like really understand that. I have fruits that are definitely yellow light. Oh. Yellow light. Like pineapple. Pineapple, watermelon. I could eat a half of a watermelon if you left me alone in a room with one. It's really funny. I actually think uh, this, by the way, let's just delight. I think I just for the first time in a while considered the audience and I was like, maybe this is a snooze. But I'm loving this. I'm loving this conversation. I'll house like a giant bag of cherries. Yeah. At 1030 at night. Sure. Or an entire watermelon, like a mini watermelon or something. Oh, yeah. And until somebody said... Uh, so the thing I'm doing is like eight hours in between and then two hours before bed, you stop eating. So that means, you know, 
I go to bed at like 10.30. Yeah, me too. So I got to stop at 8.30. Yeah. And I don't eat until 7.30. So you have an hour to eat. Yeah. You can't really do that much. Right. Right? Keep going. Um, Yellow light fruits. I mean, I someone someone said again to me recently something that I've heard so many times in my life, which is like, well, no one ever really got fat on watermelon. No one really gets fat on grapes. But I track. That's Weight Watchers. I track. Every, well, Weight Watchers fucking didn't work for me. Yeah, no, I'm just quoting them. Yeah, I gained weight on Weight Watchers, so they can kind of suck it from my perspective. Do we edit I, that out? I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. It that works was a for joke. It, it works for some people. It's not yeah. for me because, like, I record my food and I weigh my fruit and an extra apple at the end of the day. I mean, I like the big apples that I weigh them. It, it's it can be 167 calories. That's like a lot. Wow. A chicken sausage is 130 or 140 calories avocado, to give you an idea. Calories. An avocado, I mean, they're the forms way, of energy. I weigh my fruit is such a funny line. I don't know if it's your book or a special or just a punchline, but at some point you saying, bitch, I weigh my fruit. People don't understand. <laughs> People don't understand. If you're eating more calories than you're burning, yeah, you'll gain weight. And if the thing that puts you over is an apple then guess what, bitch? You just got fat on fruit. I don't know what to tell you. I don't make the rules. I don't like the rules, but I do know the rules. Fruit. You just got fat on fruit. <laughs> but isn't, I don't want to throw a, a, but for fun, they say there's like new calorie theories, right? Like a Coke is 160 calories. Mm-hmm. Half an avocado is 150 calories. I would eat six avocados before I drank a Coke. Mm-hmm. We're talking about liquid calories. We're talking about white sugar. We're talking about a narcotic. Response. I wouldn't fuck with a can of Coke if you. Right? No, I understand. Yeah. But like when they start talking about the different quality of calories, have you heard any about that? I mean, like I haven't, but I mean, fifty we calories need... of Pixie Stick is different from fifty mm-hmm. calories of strawberries. There is no nutrition in that, and, and what no fiber. keeps your what satisfies your body is like the nutrients in your food, right? The fat and the protein and the carbohydrates, right? Right. It's not. I mean, I'm going to drink a can of Coke and just want more food. That's the other. We were just talking about this. Like when you have something like that, especially in the morning, you're fucked. Yeah. The whole day it's it's chasing the dragon. Yeah. I'm saying I won't even say you're fucked. I'll say I'm fucked. Yeah. If you do the like white toast, <laughs> you're screwed. Well, and it's also I mean, I, re- I realized I had a visceral reaction when you talked about a can of Coke. And I think it's because that would be so disrespectful to my body at this point. Mm. I'm not going to pour that. That has known carcinogens in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give my body something that's only going to hurt it. That's hurtful. So was the psychological state that you were in that you were like, okay, I'm going to maybe get some help mm-hmm. and then I'm going to really get well, yeah. like really treat the problem. What do you think led to that? So I had a friend who was in this program. Is this friend you? No. And lost (laughs) over 100 pounds. I refuse to joke. I'm I'm taking this seriously. Um, I will not meet you halfway. (laughs) It's on the Betsy flag. I will not meet you halfway. Um, I had a friend who had lost over 100 pounds um, since he joined this like support group for overeaters. And I was like, I'll log on to a Zoom meeting. I'll watch it. And for weeks, I just went to this one meeting and I jumped on my trampoline the entire time I watched these people talk about their recovery. And I wasn't planning to like to do the work in the program. 
And after not very many times, I ended up getting a sponsor and just, it just was easier to do it. You're like, do it. What is the trampoline? There are two ways to take the trampoline. There were actually three. Just a form of exercise. Just a form of exercise. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe it made you nervous. No. I was just exercising. I was just trying to burn calories. Unnamed addict groups. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, let's say I went to an unnamed support group for people that maybe thought their family might have had problems. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's okay for people in the club to know what you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. And I noticed that oftentimes when other people would share, it triggered so many people that they would like get on their phones or that they'd have to get up and walk around. Like it's very uncomfortable to listen to other people talk about their issue. Mm-hmm. You were just going, hey, I'm going to work out. Two birds, one stone. Right? Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Which is not healthy. I mean, that's kind of the point. Oh, that, okay, so I am hearing you. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, good, I'm working out on no, a trampoline. No, it was, it was part like, of my exercise bulimia. I see. The fact that I was needing to jump on a trampoline for five hours a day. Wow. It was not healthy. It didn't feel good to my knees or my ankles or my back. I mean, I was hurting myself. Yeah. And it also doesn't for... do anything. You can't out-exercise binge eating. You can't out-exercise compulsive eating. I mean, if I'm eating... I, it, there's just there aren't enough hours in the day. I've tried. Right, the math doesn't work. It doesn't. But you're also not addressing. You're like getting a, a medicine, but you're not even trying. It's like you you eat all you eat is chicken fat, and you're on a cholesterol medication. But it's right. like, how about just go Stop one click back? Stop fat. eating chicken fat right. three meals a day. Well, and that was the thing is like as I'm doing, you know, jumping on the trampoline, someone is telling me an easier way. That's so funny. In a way where, like, he feels free. He's lost weight. He doesn't have... I mean, they're literally saying, like, I used to exercise compulsively. Now I don't have to, and I don't even think about my food. Mm. Which now I'm over a year in, and I'm like, uh, I'm still obsessed with food. But my same friend who I was talking about who's lost over 100 pounds, I was talking to him about that recently. I was like, I think about food all day long. My obsession has not been removed. I do not feel this freedom that people talk about. Mm. I've lost weight, but I'm not free. I don't feel right. free. And he said that it was like, he was like, I was in this program for like over two years before I felt any kind of serenity around food. Oh, wow. Um, and that sounds like a bummer, but it was really encouraging to me because yeah. I'm just like, well, then I'm just going to keep going. I don't have a better solution. I yeah. don't have a better alternative. If someone offers me one, I'll probably try it. Yeah. Because I'm sick and tired of food being hard every single day. Yeah. But it was it was hard before I was eating well, too. It was hard when I was eating pizza and cheese puffs all the time, too. Mm-hmm. That felt like shit, too. So I, I definitely feel better than I did. It's definitely been worth it. But, like, I still want more peace. Yeah. I want peace. Yeah, I get it. I wonder how many people out there are just like unaware that their weight issue, whatever you want to call it, is because there's like a compulsive or an anxiety or a fear or just like a heavily ingrained. Because both Val and I talk about this constantly. <laughs> We're just like, yeah, it's a there's a real wound and there's somebody who's trying to eat away something he doesn't want to feel yeah and i my whole life i was just like all the buffalo wings <laughs> and it's like do you i mean i know you do 
Or is it the only time your brain shuts up is when you're right. digesting way too many buffalo? It's a hey, look over there. It's a hey, look. Hey, over look there. that. That's spicy, and it <laughs> stops helping as soon as it stops being spicy. It's, it lasts as long as the spice, which is why I would get the extra spicy. Hey, look over there. Look how sweet this is. It's like when you're when like a kid's getting a shot at the doctor. You're like, look at this puppet. That's all that a piece of cake is. Oh my god! Not for like a normal person i mean for people who don't like struggle with food i think it's great that people can just enjoy sweets in moderation and then be like that was good and then go on with their lives i don't really i never believe those people i just don't get it i'm like it doesn't taste to you like it tastes to me i believe it because of how little they understand us I think what they're tasting must be more like what I'm tasting when I eat celery. Because they're just like, that was good. Like, you ever see someone with like half a glass of wine left and they're leaving the table or half a piece of cake? I'm like, Mork, yeah. meet Mindy. Where are you from? The Nanu Nanu planet? I don't understand. I think you're right. I mean, I think probably their brains produce less of whatever I get a yes. orgasmic surge of. That's right. I, they just get a dribble, and they're like, "That was nice." And I, I'm like, "It was heroin, actually." Yeah, <laughs> you're mistaken. You're mistaken. And pass that over, please. Yeah. I watched a thing on Netflix that was called like analyzing drinking or something, and it was this guy being like, "I realized drinking had gotten way out of control," and I took a diary of when I was drinking, and it was like Friday night, four drinks. <laughs> the fuck out of my face with that. I'll waterboard you with four drinks <laughs> and you'll be fine. That's how hateful of a thing that is to say. Oh my gosh. I just realized how funny this is. Tony, will you, you write have... down the time there? Cause usually, <laughs> usually I do it, but I can't see the time. You have post-its code. around your podcast studio. And I just realized that you have one on your treadmill that doesn't even say what anything. Does it say? Oh no, it it's backwards. It doesn't say anything. You have a blank one. It's backwards. Oh, it is. Oh, you know what it was? Put it over the time. Oh, I don't like knowing how long I've been. On. I love that. Okay. I, in fact, if I if it's I just can so see the, funny. It was it was such a punchline to have to all be this so post it happy that you just have an empty one. Do you want this elliptical? Oh, I thought you meant the post it. I was like, I'm set. I'm good. No, I I'm have, good. I have negative two cents. It's too uh, big for my apartment. Yeah. And I don't know how I would get it there. Well, I think we had it at the first one. Yeah. Do you want to talk because you talked a lot about that that boy? Do you want to give us an update? It's up to you. Oh, um, no, I I don't want to. Other than you're not with that person anymore, we yeah. can say that. Yeah. Because there was a lot of talk about that person last time. Yeah, but I don't want to give him the satisfaction of getting any more attention. I understand. So I like never talk about him on podcasts anymore. Where are you at now? Um, I'm dating. I just had a fourth date with someone. That was nice. Um, I went on seven dates with someone before that and like wasn't feeling a connection. So we left the door open to friendship. Yeah. Uh, we left the door open to friendship. We did. It was a really, line. it was really pleasant. Say, I could see a bit that ends with bitch. I measure, I weigh my fruit or we, let's just say we left the door open to friendship. We did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. It Apps. Is is. We apping it. I have an app, but I always stop talking to people. You mean you're just meeting folks in the wild, like met, wildebeest? Yeah, I met this guy in real life. Hmm. 
I just no one grabs my interest. Yeah. You know. Well, is that a that seems like a bitsy issue? If if I were guessing what an issue for you would be is you're learning to love yourself more and more. Yeah. And then it's like who I the really fuck do is love myself more this? than I love other people. Oh, I, I really mean, do. Yeah, no, I don't mean it as a bad thing. Look at Val. Everyone that knows and or sees Val is like, who the fuck is this? This is a magic person. Luminous. I actually found someone who can compete with how much I love myself. That's great. That's an absurd thing to say, though. No. But once you clean up enough that you're like, no, I don't want someone to make me feel bad. Yeah. And I don't want someone to complicate my life. Right. And to, like, fuck up my joy. Yeah. You need a vow. So you're looking for a vow, which is a it's a tall task. And I won't tolerate someone treating me less respectfully than I treat myself. Yeah. And that was the end of my last relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I said, I'm not feeling respected in this conversation. I'm going to remove myself from it. And he he broke up with me and he left me over that line. Yeah. What a great line to be left over. If you if you 100%. can say that. Yeah. And the person doesn't just say. Like, I mean, there was there was your head. <laughs> more to it. I was like, I'm not going to do this thing where you threaten to leave me every time you get mad at me. Like if we're breaking up right now, then we're breaking up right now. Love it. And he moved out and fucking good for me. I had a girlfriend. Oh my God. When we would get in big fights, she was like sexy. She was a sexy person. I know exactly who you're talking about. Of course. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) See, this is why we don't film the podcast. (laughs) Rogan and... uh, who else filmed it? Other people film it. We're not filming it so we can have little moments like that. <laughs> when she and I would get in a fight, this is, oh gosh. And there was part of me that liked it. There was part of me that was like, this is real living. It's like a Kerouac novel or something. Not in real time, but looking back, I'm like, I think maybe I liked it. Um, she'd go, it's fine. I'll just put on a dress and I'll go and she'd say the name of this bar in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. which wasn't a singles bar. Those don't exist. But it was definitely a bar where people would go to hook up. Right. But that would be her threat to me. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'll just go to this bar. And she's basically saying, like, I'm going to go cheat on you. Yeah. It was like the worst. I can't believe. I can't, like you with a Coke, I can't believe there was a time when I disrespected myself enough to be like, yeah, I can be with someone that makes threats right. like that. I'm going to tolerate this. That's fair. Yeah. Fair play to you. Right. Thank you. And I'm sure every moment that you wake up with Val, you're like, man, I should have really tried to make that work. Too funny. <laughs> you are too funny. Uh, what was the bit you told at the Chris Martin show that you wanted to, that you did, that you loved? You said you did, you were like, when we did the Chris Martin show. No, it was a bit you did. I thought you said then there was a joke that you told that you loved. No. Oh. And you, it was just. Oh, that, that I, that I, it was 10 times funnier to me. So what happened? So you. <laughs> <laughs> at the end you were like there was a piano there and you were like and now uh i'm going to play fix you on the piano and you walked over to it and it was so much funnier to me because nobody else thought you were kidding they just were including like including oh, cool. chris martin yeah, oh cool he's gonna play fix you yeah that's how kind I, and laid back chris martin is, is he was gonna back. watch you play fix you <laughs> I ended, Tony, I ended my set. Chris Martin is in the front row. I say, (laughs) 
Thank you guys so much. That's it for me. And then I go, but before I go, so Chris Martin starts to stand up. And I think it's going to be so obvious that I'm joking that he's just going to keep coming and get me because he's emceeing. And I go, but before I go, I'm actually, there's a piano here. I know what you're all thinking. Yes, I will play Fix You. And then Chris Martin, who I think is just all of British polity, meaning politeness, wrapped into one gentleman. Just delightful. Sits down. (laughs) I think he's like, well, clearly he's daft. Oh, okay. Let's watch this. He was going to watch it. He sat down to not only let me play Fix You, to watch me play Fix You. Well, and let's be honest. He sat down and prepared to enjoy you playing fix you the look on his face was i'd love to see you play fix you not (laughs) let's see if this motherfucker can play fix you yeah he was like what a nice mix-up oh yeah let's watch it wonderful i'm gonna sit down and watch pete play fix you yeah laura that was great you were brilliant you're brilliant beautiful now yeah oh thank you i'm being chris mark but when he says is it, it real Oh, he, but he did say Are that. you ending the podcast with no, me today? No, no, oh, okay. I'm not ending that the podcast. That was what I didn't know. I just I wanted to try talking like Chris Martin. <laughs> He's just so positive. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So when you guys do a bit, is it a bit? Oh, my God. He I wants fell to in get love. the terminology right. I fell in love with him. Well, you didn't do the joke that you wrote, which was. I just couldn't. After we did that show, so many men talked to me in that next week who were not Chris Martin. Yeah. And I was just so disgusted I that they had the audacity to do that. Yeah, once like, you're How dare you circulating the same me? air. Don't you know I talked to Chris Martin? Yep. And you're not. Just you don't look like you got shipwrecked exudes, on an island that uh, had a Solaflex on oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what he smelled like, but I know what he smelled like. We all know. You know what I we mean? knew before we smelled it, and after we smelled it, we go, it was better. <sighs> Just heaven. Yeah. Just heaven. No. I, the joke that I thought you were going to say, this is a weird that I had a guess, <laughs> but there were a lot of personal trainers there, and I, I opened by saying, and I only say this because I think you'll make the story better. I wasn't planning on saying this. I was kind of nervous. And I went up and I was like, you guys are all physical trainers. I was like, I look like you. I don't. Yeah. Oh, my God. That <laughs> go, was so funny. That I murder. don't work out. I look the same as you. <laughs> you guys are fucking idiots. You don't look that great. And it just, that's what I mean when you remember what a comedian is supposed to do yeah. and can do. Yeah. Like I was going up going like, oh, I hope they like this job. I don't have a lot of stuff about exercise. And then I just told them that they look normal. Yeah. You guys don't look that great. They and didn't. They're done, and they didn't. I thought they were going to be like trainers to the stars. Just look like a fucking line at a Chipotle just to looks me. looks like a bunch of people to me. Line you look Chipotle. like lowercase p people. You're just yeah. motherfucking people like me. He died. And all you do is work out. You guys have like a rock wall. Fucking dum-dums. Yeah. They were, they were plain. It was just a regular bunch of people. Yeah, it was just regular donuts. Although it's so funny because like when you say that now, I'm like, what did I expect to see? I did expect to see a bunch of people in spandex. Of course they're not. They're at a birthday party. Laura, this is I, we talked about this on the ride home. The show that I imagine it to be <laughs> and the show that it is are always so disparate and they both live on forever in my mind. Yeah. So when we got invited to do a show for Chris <laughs> Martin, I was like, of course they'll be... 
Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be know. there. I was afraid Ed Sheeran was going to be there. We were all afraid Ed Sheeran was going <laughs> to I and it was going to be like this huge opera hall and stuff. Not a word about it. We're not talking about what it actually was. I'm just saying I how I was, was imagining. Gonna it was going to be outside with like where they got like classical violinists in movies, like yep. the um, the bridal shower in Bridesmaids. I thought it was going to be that kind of thing where it's yes. a mansion and everyone's outside and they're wearing suits. I assumed Judd Apatow would be there. Well, seeing yes, seeing as it was his idea, I thought he would be there. Yeah, for I guess sure. that was a reasonable guess. Also in a white tuxedo. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be a list celebrities. I thought Bono would be there and me. And we're, the reason we're joking is I, they asked us very politely to not disclose personal details about it, which was totally fine. And right. We've done that. Of course. Why would we do why that? Why would we? Why would we do that? They we're just not say that. that to cover so that yeah. we don't. We're not going to do that. Yeah. But I am saying uh, Bono was not there. No. And I definitely thought Bono might be in the wings. But it wasn't for lack of me calling TMZ to tell him where to be. <laughs> yes, it was. I didn't call TMZ. Hi, TMZ. Can you tell Bono? Yes, I'd like to be blacklisted from my industry. What are you doing today? Or celebrated for life. <laughs> you, oh shit, I just unplugged. You also were very good that night, and it's because you told me that you did a lot of sets during the teen. Did you do like drive-in shows? I did drive-in shows. Yeah, <sighs> I realized um, I had no one to lose but myself. So when I did things, I just would quarantine before and after. And I did shit outside and I wore a mask and also didn't care if I died after, you know, seven months of not having contact. I mean, I truly was literally not touched by another human being in any way for three months, not a single other person. Wow. And I felt a part of myself begin to die. I mean, I really, I felt something happen in my body that's never happened before that I hope never happens again. And I knew that it was so bad for my health to be without human connection. And I did a stand up set outside um, seven months into quarantine and felt myself come back to life and mm. I did another one the next night and I was like I I can't go back to not doing this. Do yeah. I mean month one, people talking about mental health and the risk of suicide, this, that and the other, I think people were just being bitches month one. I think we could all handle a month of this. <laughs> no one's gonna what whatever. Month seven, I'm like, where are the posts? I'm gonna make die. with more posts, right? Yeah, right. we could have used more posts, right? Yeah, I hear that. And then stand up was a lifeline, yeah, even drive in stand up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was better than nothing, it was methadone, you know. Well, I did stand up through the window at the comedy store. I I did through the window, yeah, through the window. They had people sitting on the patio and people were performing on the other side of glass in the original room. And just like sterilizing stuff before and after. I never got COVID. That you know of. That, that I know guy. of. I was getting that tested a lot. Of. I was wearing masks. I was being clean. You know. I don't think you got the cocoa. I don't uh, think so either. Doing stand-up through glass sounds pretty safe. It also sounds like the movie Demolition. Well, now. but all the comics are on the other side of the glass. Yeah, but they're good people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comics as a group. It was fine. Yeah. And, and it helped you and it saved you. Yeah. All right. I'm glad. Yeah. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you were like, we're going to talk about that? Oh, if there is, I'll think about it on the drive home. 
It'll I mean, definitely I'll, hit yeah. you on the drive It'll home. It'll hit me on the drive home. It'll definitely hit you. Man, that's a good question. Oh, no. Because there was something that I wanted to tell. You mean tell. the question where I burden you with hosting the show? No, the question... Because there was something I wanted to tell you and Val in the car that I forgot to talk to you about. Hmm. Yeah, I still don't even remember. Look, any conversation we can have about addiction, body image, overeating, I'm like, ah, God, I could have used that. You know what I mean? It yeah. makes me feel good to think that people will hear that and get some hope from that. I Yeah, I think people will. I think a lot of people will really relate. It's amazing to me how little we talk about compulsive eating in this country with as that's, huge a problem that's as, exactly my point. as obesity is. And, and just to normalize it, of course it's a problem. Do you realize how many delicious foods we have that are chemically designed to be delicious and addicted. Yeah, Yeah. we have so much food and it's so impossibly good. Of course we have a problem with overeating compulsively. Well, that's the thing with my uh, eight hour thing is I'm like, I'm noticing what I would have eaten Mm -hmm. and the answer, like what I'm skipping, it's not just lunch. It's like, a endless stream of snacks. Yeah. Half of a Thai sandwich. Yeah. Like sounds any- so great. <laughs> sounds so great. All like there's like real dad food stuff, meaning you make Lee a grilled cheese or something. You're gonna eat the part she doesn't eat. And the yeah. part she doesn't eat is sometimes an entire sandwich. Yeah. You just eat it. Because like, she's a baby and she knows there's always gonna be more food around. She doesn't have the fear of hunger. That's right. Oh my god. You have to chase them to make them eat. Yeah, I eat food to store food so I don't get hungry later, which is not how you're supposed to eat. That's right. And you're making me remember I was in the basement. I would always, I was, this is a real heartbreaker. I was real young, like 10, 11. I'm ordering the Easy Crunch off of an infomercial. Like, well, you really, the Easy Crunch is something where you can sit in a chair so you can watch TV while oh, you do right. it. right, and it so does like your a work for you. And you, like, lean forward, but it gives yeah. you resistance. Yeah. I'm not, don't buy it. I, it was, yeah, I'm not I know, about I know, to buy I'm talking, it. I'm, I'm talking to people right listening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it <laughs> this even This is an anti-infomercial. A description of the product, don't buy it. Or the, or the Health Rider. Do you remember the Health Rider? No. Well, I'm older than you. It was this thing that Is you, that where you, you say up. that you want water and fruit in the green room when you do a show? <laughs> oh Health Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I've been Laura Bites. The part that's a heartbreaker is like if I had a kid that got a, an easy crunch delivered to the room, I'd be like, you okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are people making fun of you for your man boobs? Yeah. Is that happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. These are cries for help. Yeah. You want to get caught with that health rider. Yeah, you do. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, can you think of a time that you laughed really hard? Have I ever asked if you've seen a ghost? Have I ever asked if you ever almost died? Um, What? Those Uh, are three areas you could talk about. (laughs) A time you laughed really hard. I've never seen a ghost. I can't think of a time I've... Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in a hit and run with a drunk driver. And if it had hit my car like a quarter of a second later, maybe I would have died. Really? Um, That was wild. Yeah. I also was hit by a semi truck and spun around on the freeway in Chicago. Someone else was driving. Um, But I never I never like went to the hospital. So I was fine. Those are crazy Um, stories. A time I laughed really hard. God, I probably said this the last time. Cheese bro. Cheese bro. No, that was the time I laughed really hard. Um, 
a guy in my social studies class in high school, my history class. We were sitting watching, and he was thin, so it's not mean. We were sitting, and his chair broke, and he fell to the ground and stood up so fast. <laughs> that does sound familiar. And it was the fast stand-up. Yeah. And I bet I said this. Embarrassment can get you to stand up very fast. He stood up so fast. It's, I remember. But he was, like, popular and stuff. There's nothing hateful about it. I dissolved. I, I'm loving it, and I didn't see it. Okay, good. There was... Uh, I want to call it a swimming hole, but it was really a lake, Friends Lake, because I went to the Friends Lake. Yeah, Friends Camp, and it was off of Friends Lake in China, Maine. And there was a very steep dirt hill uh, to the lake, very steep. And Zach, who was athletic, he was thin, so he can laugh. He he didn't <laughs> fall. He ran, but these small motherfuckers, like, like I'm soft and I'm really tall. Yeah, it's like two. It's like I'm carrying two server trays. Yeah, both <laughs> covered in martinis. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's just this little guy, so close to the ground. I bet he could rollerblade his first try. He's just sprinting down this hill. We were running from something. Maybe we did some joke or said some word you're not supposed to say, like crap or poo-poo. I don't mean something racist. And he starts running down the hill. And then I start running too. Because in that moment, I'm like, I'm a normal kid, forgetting that I'm holding two server trays covered in martinis. Yeah. And I'm galloping. Like, he's running. He's kind of skedaddling. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Like, and trying this, to catch up to your leg. And exactly. Mm-hmm. And the hill is so steep that it's just getting insane. Yeah. And there's a root peeking up from the dirt, and I get caught in the root, and I f- go flying. <laughs> All the martinis are dropping. And I I land on this arm. I had a bump, a huge bump from like internal bleeding, I guess. And I, on my left arm, and I stood up so fast. Like you couldn't have even seen it. Like I wish I had tape of it. It was like, and before the dust settles, I'm not only up, I'm looking like James Bond in a white tuxedo going up to a, a bar. Like, nothing's happened. I'm just like, hello. I, don't have, I just dropped all these martinis. Can I have another one? <laughs> like, that's how fast embarrassment will erect you. I mean, your body. And I was also rock hard. <laughs> I was rock hard. Um, great. Great. Hmm. Anything else? No. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I Last night... Before I got Stony Baloney, I was just like, I have this day off. I should really do a podcast. I'm going to be so stressed. And you were the only person. I was like, who can I have on that I can talk to and laugh with effortlessly? Because usually I book a podcast, even if it's a friend. Yeah. I'm like, something I got to do. Yeah. I was like, if it's Laura, it'll be easy, fun, and good. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited. Anything to plug? Oh, my God. Um, Oh, my God. I'm panicking. Oh, my God. I'm panicking. Well, follow me on Instagram at Lara Bites, L-A-R-A-B-E-I-T-Z, and I have all of my upcoming uh, dates in that. I just oh, and I have something it's. I do want to tell you be it. in private, Privé. after the thingy. Um, but yeah, so I have a link tree with all of my upcoming dates and ticket links that you can come uh, see me do stand-up in different cities. And sausage links, which have fewer calories than I don't have those. I would never do that to you. <laughs> I don't know. I put my hand up like I was telling the microphone a secret. I needed it. Well, it's really hot, and that's why we were pretty chill. But I loved it. Sleepy summer series. Yeah. 
Thank you, Laura. Would you say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy. She did it. She did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye.